Hey everybody, it's Tahara. And I'm Melissa. And welcome to another episode of One Boob at a Time. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Tahara. <laughs> you can tell uh, people all the candy that... So, yeah, so um, I'm a huge fan of the, what's it called? Conversation candies? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Conversation hearts. Yeah, so you know the hearts with the messages on it. Even though it tastes like chalk, I love it. Like we had this whole thing last night where we um we were just eating eat, eating them one by one, trying to distinguish like the different flavors. Personally, I can tell the difference. Melissa, however, was like, "You like this?" <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, last night was the first time in what we've been seeing through this since like elementary school days, mm-hmm. from like your peers in class. I never knew they had a flavor. Like, I just thought they taste like tums. Yeah. And it wasn't until last night, I'm going to get the box. And I'm like, wait, they're flavored. And I even asked her, like, are these flavored? Now, I don't know if this girl tell me the truth or not. <laughs> but they are. But but that's one brand. I don't know if the Sweet Seeds. The ones I bought was the Brock's version. Okay. The other brand I bought to Harvard the first time, a few weeks ago, it was the Sweet Heart. Oh, conversation hearts. Got it, got it. So I don't know if those are flavored, but so now we're going through the flavors. It's supposed to be wintergreen, aka mint. <laughs> yo, Tara blew my mind with that. <laughs> she was like, "Yo, wintergreen instead of mint." Whoever thought of that was a genius. I'm like, wait a minute. So now my head is processing. Like, what's his name? Zach Galifianakis or whatever. <laughs> Just like mathematically, wait, wintergreen is mint. Yeah, think about it. Wintergreen. Mm. And it's like it's very poetic. It's very it is. Yeah. yeah. You know what I never don't don't me. But it was winter green, orange, lime, or lemon. 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 Mm-hmm. Um cherry mm-hmm. and grape. Mm-hmm. It was six, because remember you said it's six flavors, but I only see five hearts in the box. I che- well, I said cherry already. Cherry, grape, winter winter green. Uh what else? I think it's lemon and lime, right? Banana. Banana, which was gross. <laughs> so the only like one that was like you could taste off the bat, in my opinion, was the winter green. Like it tastes like gum. Yeah. Like, oh, this tastes like some some gum. Banana was nasty. So then at the end of the box, it was like a, a piece. Of oh candy. yeah, yeah. She was like, oh, there's one more. Nope. Yo, it was the remnants of all the flavors. It tastes like poison. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because we all know what poison tastes like. Oh my god, that shit tastes highly disgusting. I was like, this is poisonous. Mm. <laughs> if this is what every single one of those flavors tastes like onto one candy, that will kill you. Mm-hmm. That was not good. I was like, oh god. But you know, I'm glad you enjoyed those, Tara. I'm so excited to eat the other. How many? You got me a full. I got a, a case. A case. Ten, ten boxes. She already yeah. done three. No, nah, not nah, four. Four. Yes. <laughs> I gave That's you That's why some. you never came back to the food last time you said so eat I'll it be, in the dark. I'll be, no, no, no. I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't think you're supposed to eat that many of those at one time. I'm just yes. leaving it at that. Yes. So I, I, I disappeared last night, and it's because I ate four boxes of um, <laughs> of conversation hearts. Anyway, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> All right. So today we're talking about a black nap. Or a black break, mm. if you will. Mm-hmm. 
Um, basically just feeling, we both feel that there's so much going on in today's world, especially around black people and our blackness. It's just like, exhausting. Yes. It's like overstimulating the Mm -hmm. system right now, like our personal body system. So we just thought like, we need just a little. Yeah. We were really taking a step back and looking at all the ways in which blackness comes up, whether directly, indirectly Mm -hmm. in our lives. And we actually came up with a list. (laughs) So you, so this is not, um, this is a real thing. (laughs) This is a real feeling that we have. And it's actually, we, we actually have points to back it up. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so what is a black break or nap? So for us, it's taking a break from constantly having to be self-aware and educating others via real life or social media, you know, about what like what not to do, what to do, how to be an ally, whatever. And then it's like, we feel like we can't mildly take part in day-to-day activities without having to second guess if anything is happening to us specifically due to our blackness. Like right. if we're sharing silence in the elevator with a, a white person, is it because they don't want to engage with us because of our blackness or sometimes people just don't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. know I didn't want to talk in the elevator. So I'm happy you don't want to talk in the elevator. But then a part of you is like, do you not want to talk or do you, do you not like black people? And mm. that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like that's a simple, less than 30 seconds in the elevator with a stranger and your mind is already, it has to be there. Like you always have to be on the fence. Yeah. yeah. So why do we need a black break Tara? So we need a black break for many, many different reasons. The first one being just all of the black injustices that we see day to day, week by week, everywhere. Um, And in some cases we feel, I think sometimes we, we are desensitized where we see another story. We see another, you know, another video of someone getting harmed or slain on these streets and we think dang like okay obviously it's a it's an unfortunate situation that shouldn't have happened but then you just add it to in your brain like you add it to the the amount of videos and things that you've already seen and it's like well this is just what it is Some, sometimes that's how it is where it's like all right this is sad as hell but like this is this is america you know what i mean so it's like we feel desensitized to it sometimes. The other way in which, you know, this kind of manifests and, and, and shows up in our lives daily, it's either live footage of some, a recent situation that happened or we're thinking back to the long list of people who unfortunately have, you know, been killed by police and we're rotating literally through live events and the birthdays of these people, the death dates of these people, and constantly reminding ourselves of, you know, what what ha- what is happening now, what has happened, and so it's a never ending cycle in a Do sense. Do you feel like it? You know, like we're normalizing seeing this. I've heard a lot of people who you know are big in the black community, and they said stuff like this, like at the point they don't even want to see you know, any more shooting. Like, they don't want to see the videos because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you've seen one, not that you've, you've seen them all, but in a way, yeah, you know what it ends. Mm-hmm. It ends in us being dead. And then it's just like, you don't even see, you. they don't even show footage of, of JFK getting assassinated. Mm. 
Like, that's footage you can't find so easily, right? But there is footage out there. I think it's probably 30 seconds long. I'm not too sure. But they don't, you don't see that footage. But when we are, <clears throat> whether it's footage from, you know, protests back in the 50s or the 60s, whether it's seeing us hanged in old newspaper articles from, you know, North, South, wherever, all of America, really. It's like, whether we're seeing it in black and white or we have to see it in color, mm-hmm. whether it's from a Polaroid or it's from someone's Instagram feed. It's, it's, or it's being shared yeah, to you, to, with you. It almost feels normal to see black bodies like that, mm-hmm. as I believe Billie Holiday said. You know, black bodies, you know, swinging in the breeze. It's just like, that's just, we see this all the time. To the point that I know for me, I almost feel desensitized to it. Not like I don't care, but it's like, without even seeing it, just hearing someone say, oh, you know, there's a video of uh, the cops run down this black guy. And I could already tell, like, he died, but they shot him up ridiculously amount of times, and then now he's dead, right? Like, I don't even have to watch it to know that's gonna happen yeah and it's kind of making me like just another one like another one another one i'm not shocked anymore i think that's more what it is it's not that i don't care it's that i'm not shocked because i can believe it you could have told me you could have made it up could have mm. you could have just came like hey melissa you know they hung three three black people outside of a church the other day and i was like okay not okay it's cool but okay like i believe you like mm-hmm. i believe that could happen that's how much I'm seeing of this stuff. Is like I, it's, everything's believable to me now. And then from there, we just think about like the aftermath, right? Again, I feel like in some ways we are desensitized to the aftermath as well. Mm-hmm. Where even before the 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 say the cops get like arrested and you know get charged, even before all of that happened, the sentiment is well. Nothing gonna happen nothing's gonna happen there will be no consequences as a result of that nothing changes like until there's like actual accountability nothing's gonna change so it's like a constant setup for disappointment and again that adds on to how taxing it feels every day every week to again see these videos see these you know people being remembered and it's like we want to remember them but we also it's just like a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's just a lot. I um, remember last year with everything with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. Like, I remember seeing people use the whole black on black crime motif as a reason to be like, well, y'all so busy trying to fight for justice for that when you know that wasting your time because you know the cops are not going to get charged. You know right. this white person won't get charged for it. Why don't you guys focus your energy on black on black crime in the community? Or like, if you're in outrage and you're crying for injustice, it's like, why don't you use that same energy for black-on-black crime in your community or anything? But it's just like, two things can be true. One of them is mm. black crime. But <laughs> when I say two things can be true, I mean, I'm tired of having to fight for situations that, you know, the outcome is still going to be what it is. But yeah, you can be mad at your community for doing certain stupid shit. Yeah, but and you can still cry out that non-black people who are attacking black people for no reason other than our blackness should be facing some type of consequence for their actions like two things can be true but it's just like we're just so used i think it's because we probably feel we'd get which is kind of sad right 
but we probably feel we'd, we'd get the justice. Like if you had a brother or a sister or a family member or friend who um, died due to some kind of gun violence within your community, you'd probably have more luck seeing that person who committed that crime actually get what's what they deserve mm-hmm. as opposed to seeing a non-black person who engaged in violence within your community, you know, get punished for that crime. Mm-hmm. So it's probably like, why waste energy there? The cops and the judges will probably be moved quicker to go arrest that black man for killing another black man than they would for that, you know? So, I mean, maybe that's why they think that. And then at the end of the day, like, it all comes back to white supremacy and how it mm-hmm. manifests in every single system that we have in the in America. And I think that's the same thing with, like, you know, black-on-black crime versus white-on-white crime or white-on-black crime or what have you, like... It's all at the end of the day, and this isn't, I don't think this applies to every single situation, but there are so many issues within the black community that are, that stem from, again, white supremacy and the way our systems are set up and the resources that we don't have and the the shit that people got to do just to like survive day to day or because they're maybe they're not mentally well but again they don't have the resources they don't have mm-hmm. you know what i mean the care that they need and it's like why is that because the systems are designed to fail mm-hmm. black communities and so that argument is dumb <laughs> like it shouldn't even be a thing like we're always focusing on the wrong stuff all the time and bringing up something bringing up different arguments that are just distractions to you know what I mean to get it's rid like of the. We, we find ways to like shit on what like what we're trying to focus on. It's mm-hmm. like as soon as someone says, "Hey, this is wrong," but wait, there's always but wait, there's mm-hmm. more. You know, it's like all right, no, I know there's more, but we're trying to tackle this because if we can't tackle the crime where it you know or any kind of injustice from people onto us just because of our blackness, then how can we tackle the 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 issues within our community because if, if this all traces back to the forefathers the founding fathers of this country and their founding fathers of their parent country you know what i mean then it's, it's never gonna end you gotta attack that first because that's what caused prop like us to be the way we are in mm. some ways i'm not putting everything on slavery and jim colors not every little thing if mm-hmm. i bust my lip today i'm not saying oh because a white man did it no, but it's just like certain things that we beat ourselves about up about in our black community. We have to remember sometimes like we're doing like for the majority of us, we're, we're learning and we're doing better. You know what I mean? There's a, I've seen a lot more black love and stronger sense of community in the last few years mm-hmm. than I have. I think when I was a, maybe when I was a kid, you know, so I know we're learning and we're growing to get better, but we have to sometimes we have to kind of like that's why I'm all about this black break. We have to start being stop being so hard on ourselves. Yeah, like we're trying our best. Like, how can you protect your community when people outside the community can easily come in and destroy it? Yeah, and and get in your head about stuff. You know what I mean? So, do we believe justice still exists? It's weird, but do we? Do you? Do you? People out there listening. Let us know. <laughs> but do you, Tara, do you believe, for us at least? Because I've seen justice work. I've seen justice work for us, yes. I, but I've seen justice work for a lot of other people that are not us. So it's like, does do you still believe justice is in our favor in this country? I think it's important. That, and I don't want to 
get old Obama on here, but <laughs> I think it's important to have hope. I'm not going to lie. I need to laugh at your hope. It's I'm fine. so sorry. It's cool. I'm not laughing at hope. I'm, I'm not even shocked she laughed. <laughs> I'm not laughing at her hope. I promise you guys that. Nah. I mean, I mean that in a in a sense where, like, if we we cannot as a people, and we're yeah, we said this before, like we're not activists, right? Mm-hmm. But we cannot as a people stop talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. We cannot um, stop fighting. We cannot stop hoping for a better day because then we if we do then they will definitely take shit over i mean they already you know what i mean they already yeah. have all the power but they will definitely we will probably revert back to slavery like you know what i mean yeah. if we stop talking and stop fighting back um we'll just be on some oh well yeah we would be slaves again mm-hmm. and that sounds like that's like a crazy statement to make because it takes a lot to reverse the new thing. Yeah. But then it's just like when we, I mean, yeah, it would take a, I mean, slavery to, to have a people, a more aware people. I'd say that the our ancestors weren't aware, but I mean, we're living in a completely different time period. Right. So, but shit, I mean, slavery, especially slavery from Africa, was still on a global scale. Like I was about exist, to say, but... globally, you know, with social media, you think people in Greece going to be like, yeah, enslave those black people in America. That's cool. I'm like, shit, niggas was like, yeah, enslave those black people. It's cool. <laughs> but, I mean, all right. So, let me let me rephrase that, I guess. <laughs> but it's just like, it would take a lot to revert to slavery. But it's not, like, again, it's like things be happening in this country specifically for a modern country. That if you say something like that, I couldn't even be like, yeah, that's that that will never happen. There are black people who say certain stuff, which we'll get into in a few, but like they're with they you know, the way they feel about whiteness and their proximity to whiteness is ridiculous. So I could just see a lot of friggin' Uncle Tom ass motherfuckers on some whatever you say, a massa. Like I could see that going back. You know, we still have older black people who not even like they're on some yeah, massa shit, but it's like they still have that mindset. You grew up hearing people tell you things like, um, you can't do that because white yeah. people going to see it in. Yeah. You know? So. I was thinking about immigrant families in general. When they come here and sometimes the things that would, not, not all of them obviously, yeah. but their perception of America, their perception of what it means to be a white person and the power that you could hold as a white person. Being as close to that as, as, as you can. And, mm-hmm. and again, they will do anything they would turn a blind eye to like anything just to mm-hmm. just to People get that turn just blind to... Eyes to other stuff just to sexual abuse or whatever so you could have just imagine the amount of racial injustices that people people that are the the oppressed people you mm-hmm. know black asian spanish slash latinx like you let a lot of things go by just because you know you're trying to just mm-hmm. <laughs> stay alive which brings us more or less to our next point, mm-hmm. which is another reason for a black nap will be dealing with caucasity. Shout out to Amanda Sales for that word. But uh, so navigating through white spaces and engaging with ignorant white people. <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys know, black Twitter is is, is uh, well known for it's a force. dragging. I mean, they don't just drag white people. They'll drag any, each anybody. other too. Yeah. Well, if you need to get drafted, they'll they Who drag are white. these people? That's what I want to know. Well, black Twitter, for the most part, it does feel like as white CEOs of any company you can name that's like multi million, billion, trillion dollars, 
celebrities, any type of social media influencer versus black Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll find what what happened recent mm, ish. So that was named Shane Dawson, I believe he was a U- he is or was a U- a big YouTube influencer from like two thousand seven ish eight ish, and I think it was just last year he came under fire, and that's what it was really dragging people bought the receipts mm. of things he has said and done um, that was very offensive towards the black community, but no one checked him. YouTube ain't checked him. Other influencers didn't really check him. He was able to still make a great living off of being a YouTube influencer with, you know, saying those things. And mm-hmm. I can't remember, and I ain't going to try to remember for y'all. You can Google it, like you Google everything else. Um, but somehow that got brought up, and he ended up apologizing and stuff like that. And I don't know, but for me, sometimes when I see, like, I love Black Twitter. They mm-hmm. my homies, forever and ever. Are they though? <laughs> I mean, you know, but they are because I mean they really come through with the with the good drags and the good like memes. But it's just um where do we go from there? Like cancel culture is not just for white people. Black people get canceled, men get canceled, women get canceled, kids get canceled, people get canceled everywhere, right? But when it's specifically in the hands when we leave things in the hands of our social media and those, you know, hashtag groups and what you know what does cancel culture look like for that because we just spoke about not well not not believing in the justice system uh, i mean justice still exists or that the judicial system works for us but it's like we have to remain remain hopeful right so now you go from do we believe justice still exists to is cancel culture real like do we handle cancel culture for anything that's anti-black the same way our judicial system handles violence for anything that's anti-black like we arrest the cops slash mm-hmm. we find your profile right um we charge you slash we drag your ass with the receipts all over the internet mm-hmm. then three you may get arrested or lose your job or fired you might not see jail time you may you may lose your job mm-hmm. get suspended you know what something like that may happen lost all your followers what not, what not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you don't get the jail time because you were acquitted for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And you come out with some apology from your PR person. And now you're doing community service or whatever. Slash, you made an apology. And you decided that you're never going to make content again. And now you're going to donate all your money to, like, all these BLM, you know, groups and subgroups. Uh-huh. So it's like, once that happens, we don't hear nothing again. On both ends of the spectrum. Because when someone's right. getting dragged on black Twitter, like... What do we do? How, once we got everyone all hot and bothered, so then what happens? Is these things sticking? Are we really holding people accountable? We're not. I rest my case, Yana. That's that's the answer. At the end of the day, it's a cycle. Though, like you literally just named steps as to how <laughs> this works, which is proof that it's a it's a vicious cycle that we see time and time again, and there's no real. Nothing feels tangible. Like, nothing feels like, yeah, people are really getting held accountable. People are really changing to then contribute to change within the communities or within that just that situation that happened. Whatever it is, like, it just, it happens and then it just, like, dissipates. And it just Mm -hmm. goes somewhere. And I don't know where it goes, but we just move on to the next thing. Like, we just create these i don't know how to say it but 
It's like every week we have somebody new to be like point out this person said this. Yeah. Okay, so they said this. They're aware now because they've been tagged and you know on everything. They come up with an apology about it. We we always side out the apology. I can't think of a time Justin Simulate, although it's not about blackness, but he just came out with an apology in regards to the Britney Spears documentary and how people felt he dealt with her. And I mean, his apology honestly sounded pretty good. It did, but it still gets a side eye. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, hmm, okay, and so so that's one example. Another example that um, country singer, I don't remember his name, but Wendy Williams was talking about it. Dude who said pussy ass nigga? Yes. All right. Bear with me, right? Uh-huh. I don't know the nigga name either. Only thing I know about him is that he's supposed to be on SNL last year. And his first situation, he fucked it up because he was in a party, wilding up it at a party before he was supposed to be on SNL. Meaning he would have, you know, came and brought his germs there. So they had to oh. cancel that performance. Yeah, he's supposed to be the, the musician of the night. So they had canceled him. I forgot who the, he got replaced with. So then they uh, scheduled him again. You know, he came. They even made a whole skit um, making fun of that situation and everything. Uh, but that's all I really know about him. He he seems all right. Morgan. So now, Morgan Wallen. Yeah, Wallen. yeah, that's all I get. So the video that I seen, you know, allegedly he's at having a party or something at his house and like his neighbors, I guess they're going to call the cops. So he go, he says the term pussy ass nigga, right? Mm-hmm. But, all right, black people, hear me out, hear me out. When you say, I, I told this to many people, right? I'm like, pussy ass nigga is not a racist phrase. Hear me out, hear me out. Of all, and I've seen every slavery movie. I've seen every civil rights movie. I've seen all of it. I've never in my 31 years on earth have ever heard a white person in, a, in the most racist, mm-hmm. I hate you. You know, mm-hmm. I've never seen them say, you a pussy ass nigga. That is a black phrase. That is a specific black phrase. He bitch, not a black man. He not. He not. I'm just saying bitch ass nigga and pussy ass nigga. Those are black phrases. Okay. I've never heard a white person like, go, go hang that pussy ass nigga. Like you don't even say nigger when you say, he didn't even, I'm not saying it matters. Cause you know, I don't like, I don't want y'all saying that regardless. Like, I don't know why I want to say it so bad. Mm-hmm. We already had an episode about it. I just about to say. Yes. Y'all yeah, be going to say this too bad and it don't make sense. But when he said it, you know what the first thing I thought to myself was? What? And this is why, this is why I feel like this whole cancel culture thing doesn't work. Not only within, you know, the, our black realm, but in other spaces too. Because there's always somebody to make it okay. I'm not making it okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know this man. Oops, sorry. I don't know mm-hmm. this man. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he said that specifically, all it said to me was there's a black person or black people mm-hmm. in his circle who probably say stuff like that every day. Probably even call him a pussy ass nigga. Because he said like, oh, go check that pussy ass nigga. That, that was the way in which he used it. And I don't even know if his name was just black. Because if they was mm-hmm. black and they heard him say that, they would have dropped that camera phone so fast and, <laughs> and go tail that nigga quick. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that, I was just like, there's someone in his circle that's black or maybe, you know, a, a, a variation of black. Mm-hmm. And they're making it okay for him to say stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I always think that that's why cancel culture can't be some a, a, a thing that really works because we're always making something okay mm-hmm. behind the scenes. That's why when you see white people saying certain stuff, I'm even thinking like, if y'all, if y'all, is y'all really racist or you're just ignorant? You know, there's a difference. Yes. Because if you have, if you're a white person, you grew up, as the story always goes, I'm a white person, I grew up with black people in my life. There are black people making it okay for you. I even had a white friend 
ain't gonna put her on blast like that, but I will say she she refused mm-hmm. to say the word. Mm-hmm. But I was a young kid, and at the time, even older people than me was making, you know, giving out black cards to, like, white people. And I remember telling her, like, you can say the N-word if you want. You can say nigga. And she was like, nah. You looking at me trying to figure out who it is? I can't believe you said that. Yeah. Hopefully the... <laughs> but she didn't. Okay. She was giggling about it, like, you know. No, I can't <laughs> believe you gave her permission. I mean, I was saying it so much around Okay, her. are you saying that black people should not be saying nigga because nah, we... Nah, So Don't. what do you... It was, so it's what just like the... Sometimes we... Like, in that specific instance, imagine that she did run off with that, right? Well, my black... Melissa's one of my, like, closest black friends, and mm-hmm. she says it's okay. Mm-hmm. But what if, you know, she goes out in the world... And she starts saying, you know, nigga this, nigga that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And people are trying to cancel her or side-eye her or fight her about it. But then at 25, how many black people at home that she's cool with, friends with, family members, whatever, are like, yeah, girl, say that. It's fine. We, you know what I mean? So it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I always say, like, what's the lesson with cancel culture? Like, what mm-hmm. are we really doing? So it's just like when I heard that man say that, I'm like, not saying it was okay, but I'm like, would it even matter if we canceled him? Mm-hmm. Because now wherever he, his, in his circle, his community, it's probably guys like, yo, don't even stress that, my nigga. It's cool. You know how, you know how, we know how you are. We know how it is. It ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. So then that defeats the whole purpose of canceling him, right? Then what, what does the apology for us really do? If you still have people in your ears like, right, my nigga, right. just brush that shit Yeah, so that's what, what I mean. It's more of, when there are people making it okay, like R. Kelly, mm-hmm. you cancel him because he's a rapist. But there are people like, but I love, you know, his music. I want to, oh, you know, but he's still good at this. Let's still engage with. I mean, I've never really been a fan of his, but I've been put in that predicament where there have been certain people I admire their work or whatever. And now mm-hmm. they're out here wilding and I have to be like, damn, I really like that show. I really like that song or whatever. So, yeah, it's just, it's hard. To truly, and this is why we need a black break, y'all. <laughs> it's figuring out how to do we cancel you, do we not cancel you. What's an apology? Or is real it a apology? real cancel? When, yeah, when it's, it, it's not. Oh, uh, it's not. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, so now we have the tangible white people, right? It's not the people that's on our TVs, and you know, it's the people we work with, your neighbors. The, the I love that you call this the tangible white people. Yes, tangible white people. Like you said earlier, though, you were that's like, real. you know. These are people you can't. I can't touch the CEO of Amazon. Mm-hmm. I keep like, yo, my nigga, stop wilding like this. Mm-hmm. But I could grab at my, you know, my neighbor by the throat, like, yo, 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 I mind mean... your racist behavior, because <laughs> I don't want to choke you on this elevator for this thirty second elevator ride. <laughs> but that's what I mean. People, you have to. I have to see my boss. I have to see my neighbors. I have yeah. to see people at the supermarket. These are tangible white people for yes. us. Yeah. So it's like, so then how do we handle that? Because that's a whole nother thing to deal with, right? Yeah. Yeah. With your blackness around Because there's a lot of factors that come with these people, Mm -hmm. um, such as job security, such as where you live in, just in proximity. I'm exhausted. I see your face. Just thinking about, because again, this part of the episode is called dealing with caucasity, right? (laughs) So dealing with caucasity in real life, with people who you are, you know, constantly engaging with, whether it's your boss or your neighbor, coworker, whatever it may be. And the reason why we need a break <laughs> from this is because 
in a lot of cases, it I think it's one or two things where you are in both cases, you're trying to find the energy to either figure out and, and really dissect like, okay, what is this person saying to you? Are they saying it saying it to you because you're black, because of whatever factors that they're familiar with, whether they're they have black friends or black people in their family or whatever it is. Some some people just feel entitled to say certain things and it's like, okay, that's not that doesn't that's not how that works. And then the other part is where you find in the energy to correct people and to teach them something. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you're not supposed to say this because XYZ. And then either way, whether you're deciphering what they're saying and you're trying to piece it together to then formulate an answer, or you already know directly, like, yes, this is some ignorant shit that you're saying, this is racist, and let me address this right now. Either way, it's like the energy that you have to find to then deal with that is why we need a break. <laughs> That's all. That's all I got. It's it's just because I'm, I'm just thinking about multiple examples, and it's, it's exhausting. Multiple examples, you have to... It's exhausting. You have to like look away into the list of multiple examples and just sigh. Like I don't even want to name one example. It's it's exhausting because you're yeah. thinking back to how exhausting it was in the moment, mm-hmm. and you're just like, it's that and again that energy that you're reliving. That is that, draining. It's draining. Yeah, basically. Like, go again. So if you don't engage with somebody, sometimes it could be due to the lack of energy you have, or sometimes it could be due to a fear of losing something like a, a staple in your life. So whether it be losing your job or unable to, you know, get along or live in this neighborhood or whatever, there's ways in which you're kind of like, damn, should I say something? Should I not? And it's always too, it's like, well, what if it's, like you said earlier, what if it's not as deep as I thought? Right. But that's, that's the problem. It's like you have to dissect. Not only have do you have to watch yourself, but you have to dissect Every instant, every day-to-day interaction in a way with, with non-black people and look at it, is this person trying to play me? Mm. Is it worth a, is, is it worth a fight? Is it worth losing my job or losing this friend or mm-hmm. missing out on this event, you know, or not being able to have this opportunity anymore? You know, is this, like, look what happened to Nick Cannon, right? Mm. I'm not excusing or not excusing you know, like what he said about the, uh, I don't know if you saw about Jewish people, white people. I'm not here to defend or not defend this man. Like he said what he said, he got to deal with that. I ain't got to do it. Man got more money than me. But it was like, he, he's probably seen so much footage of white people who had no real authority or ground to stand on to make certain statements about whatever is happening within the black community or about black people, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And not much is dealt with on that end. And then here he comes and he make a, he, he, the comment that he made, honestly, are things that some black people do feel like in terms of like the, the, like white people are the real savages compared to us. Like you came to my land, fucked with my people you were savage before I'm a savage. Mm-hmm. You was raping and pillaging before I was raping and pillaging. 
So, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, take his thing out of context, but, like, that's kind of, like, what I dumped it down to for myself. He said what he said, but clearly he worked for white people. He worked for Viacom. Like, his boss is white. The nigga who pulled up to him in the, in the garage is white. He don't hate white people, right? But that's the same thing when you say, oh, well, I don't hate black people. I'm just pointing it out. But when he said that, that took away his, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And all he was saying was, like, this is how y'all, I mean, it, on the flip side, that's what we've been known. You even put that in our textbooks. Like, uncivilized Africans. Mm-hmm. You know, the uncivilized slave. Like, how was a slave uncivilized? Nigga's a slave. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now we're uncivilized people. The whole Christian missionaries is to go to other countries and make people more civilized and closer to Christianity, which is still yeah. closer to whiteness, right? But it's just like, when you speak up and say something, you could lose your job. When you're saying like, look, y'all came over here and fucked with us. I don't like that. Or you're saying something to me that really does offend my feelings. Now it's, well, you're going to play the black card on us or you're going to, you're done. You're done for. She's problematic. She's an angry black woman or he's an angry black man. They're problematic. It's too much. I don't want to have to do friggin' what is it? Like, um, epic training for everybody or some mm. shit like that. Like, those are the things you have to face with. And if and if you don't, which we'll just get into, into our next subject, like, if you don't check white people, then niggas is quick to check you. Like, Real, okay with the shits. Yeah. Real quick. Like, mm-hmm. that just reminded me of, like, kids in the classroom and how... We've had we've seen many examples of kids checking their teacher and luckily like it's a good thing that like some parents do actually teach their kids real history at mm-hmm. home, you know what I mean? And then they go to school and they're confused and they're pushing back as to what their teachers are telling them. And what happens? Usually that kid like gets in trouble or gets, you know, talked down to or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but it's like they know based on, you know, what they've learned from from home or whatever it is, like, yo, this is, that's not, Christopher Columbus, like, he's not a good dude. Like, why are we learning about him in this light? They're surfacing all of these, these things, event, uh, you know, events and people and questioning it and really critically thinking about it. Even in the classroom, our kids are dealing with caucasity in a sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it starts not from young. Are. That is, it's exhausting and not, I'm literally thinking about this in in this moment, how that could feel for like some kids just. Then you're a kid compared to the teacher who's an adult. Mm-hmm. So that's also that, that someone with authority is coming down on you, right? So now it's like speaking up because you have your, your, your authorities at home mm-hmm. already put this in your head. So now you come to school, you have a third authority mm-hmm. or a second authority, whatever. And they're putting that on you. So it's like, as a kid, you don't even feel like you're that powerful. Because mm-hmm. if I'm telling you that, like, you guys are admitting in these textbooks, that, that first of all, we're celebrating a whole man who found the wrong effort place. He wasn't even supposed to end up over here. His whole thing was, he's supposed to be over there in the, over there, what, in Little India or whatever? Mm-hmm. The West Indies, as they call us, right? But he was all up in America, all up in North America, bothering the indigenous people of our mm-hmm. country. But yeah, we'd be like, well, let's celebrate the Nina, the Penta, the Santa Maria. <laughs> Which I go, that's some pretty cute names for them both. But still, like, yeah. you remember how they had to, like, you had to know the, what were the three boats that Columbus and his, uh, <laughs> like, you got doctors and stuff like that in school. It's like, why? This man came, stole people's land. 
Michael like went back to his his, his people. That I'm like, all right, we got this country. People's there though. People there, but let me get them out. But yeah, as a kid, is is even more hard because you, is that that feeling of being powerless. Yeah, and that can sit with you until adult. Exactly. Person. That was that was my main point. Got that was like girl. the connection that I was trying got to make. You, but you, girl. you got it. You got sister, it. Sister. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's really just it follows you now into adulthood where you probably associate authority mm-hmm. with whiteness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, I already, I already been burnt by this once. I ain't gonna be burnt by this twice, which kind of sucks, right? Mm-hmm. That's that trauma for you. Now, I'm moving on. So check yourself before you uh, wreck yourself. Okay. <laughs> can't even, y'all. I can't do. No. So, what are things within our own community amongst ourselves that also, because that's basically, you know, what also causes us to need. A black, a black break. Ooh, so colorism, bias within our own community. All of these things stem back to freaking white supremacy. The mentalities that we have, we really got from white people in this country, and it's again finding the energy to kind of tackle that is another reason why we need a, a, a black break. So it's like you already have to be on guard when you're navigating in non-black spaces and with non-black people, right? Like, that's already, you're always like, all right, are these people coming for me? Are you trying to play me or not? And that's right. already with non-black people in spaces. Now you're within your own black space amongst your people, and you still have colorism issues where... You know, we have that whole light skin versus dark skin thing. Like, you know, Danny Lay just got dragged about the yellow bone is what he wants song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was a whole, is she really black? Is she not? Cause she did, it was this whole, it was this whole thing that we have to dissect amongst one another. Then, like I mentioned earlier, you have black people who are like, look at the two, um, oh my God, I even hate to call them black. But them two old hags that was like, all up on Trump, um, they had the oh, terrible yeah. eyebrows and weaves. My yes. Christ. Y'all yes. need to be baptized at a difference. Probably that's what happened to y'all because y'all want to be so close to white. No black person wants to properly fix your do because it looks like trash. Anyway, I'm over here just dragging people <laughs> to my damn stuff. <laughs> Am I black for this baby? Let me stop. But um, you just have these people who they're like... They're okay with with whiteness being, you know, influencing everything. They're mm-hmm. okay with that. They 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 succumb to these these urges or these ideas and fantasies that white people have inserted into our community. It's how even black love feels sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Like why aren't more sometimes you feel like there's not enough black people in relationships, successful relationships. Instead mm-hmm. you see, you know, whenever um uh, a famous black man is now married and having children with a white woman. Every black woman is up in arms. And for a long time, I used to think that was... Whenever that conversation came up amongst adults, I used to always like just listen and be confused and be like, wait, so we shouldn't be mad? We shouldn't be happy? Because mm. in my opinion, everyone should love each other. Anyone could be with who they want to be with. But I think it's less about... Because <clears throat> there's always the argument about why is it it's okay for black women to be with white men. And it's not that one is okay and one is not okay. I think it's in the way that we go about our preferences. 
Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's going to have a preference when it comes to intimacy. You may not want someone who's too skinny. You may not want somebody that's too tall or too short or too whatever. But you shouldn't be putting anybody else down while exactly. enjoying your preferences. It's like when I hear stuff like, I'd rather be with a white woman or Spanish or Hispanic or Latinx woman or even an Asian woman because... They don't talk back as much. Mm. Or because, well, they don't have to wear fake hair. Like, now you're I'm just... Mm-hmm. Now ahead. you're literally just... Listing black stuff you don't like. Yeah, Listing and perpetuating those stereotypes, too. Exactly. Like, Same thing for black women. Oh, well, I'd rather be with um uh, with a white man because, well, he's less likely to, to, to sell drugs or be incarcerated. Or he probably went to high school and college. Or he probably well, he has, has the money that... Yeah, you know know what I mean? And it's like that same thing. So not that one is right and one is wrong. It's just that once we, for those who do engage in interracial interracial relationships as black people, the problem that we have is that you all of a sudden forget your blackness or you're all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, you're putting um, things that are black in like a a, a shit pile. Like, all right, that's too black for me. That's Mm -hmm. too, you've heard people say, oh, that's way too black or that's too ghetto or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. you're degrading us. Who said this recently about that term ghetto that we use all the time, right? Dang it. I'm trying to remember. Um, I feel like Amanda steals this. I feel like, I I feel feel like it's like, probably Amanda. I think you're I right. I feel like, let me do a quick little, you know, we don't, we often don't, we, you know, have it to check our shit. But. We hear this a lot, like black people are ghetto. Like they live in a ghetto, they are ghetto, et cetera, et cetera. But when you really, really, really think about it, it's, think about how this country began. Found it for you, baby girl. Go ahead. Amanda Seals' Twitter page. This is where, you know. So she said, instead of saying something is ghetto, quotation marks, say it's government, quotation mm. marks. Because our government personifies what we actually mean when we say ghetto. Yep. It's raggedy, works improperly, and yep. acts a motherfucking fool. Yep. Just so you know, she said MF, but you know that means motherfucking fool. <laughs> but yeah, that's just the point. I think, like... Again, perpetuating those stereotypes, going back to that, like, we, when it comes to interracial relationships, like, it's totally fine to have your preference, totally fine to be in these relationships, but, like, you can't be dragging people down while elevating yourself, quote-unquote, you know what I mean? Like, that's not how that, it's not how that works. And now what we're creating, more turmoil yeah, between us now, Exactly. Right? And, like, that's exhausting. So now I just came home from my white-ass job working with Whitey and McWhiteson, and now I came, you know, back to my home to relax, you know, and then here it is, friggin' Charmaine over there on some, I didn't be a white man because fuck these niggas, they can't do shit, and then... Friggin' John is over there on some, well, you black bitches is, ain't shit but baby mamas. And it's just like, but we are more than this. And it'd be so confusing because it's like, <laughs> you like, so now I gotta go check Charmaine. When I'm done checking Charmaine's ass about watching me respect the black man, I gotta go check fucking John's ass about when he gotta check respect the black woman. Or you could not check anybody exactly. and just mind your business. Mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's another battle, right? Mm-hmm. Should is the same thing. Should I say something? Mm-hmm. Does something need to be said? Am I the person? Even like this episode, are we the people? Are we black enough? That's the next thing, right? Checking yourself. Are we black enough? Do we know enough black stuff? Can are we the ones to say this and to do this? And that's exhausting because then it's like, all right, I done checked Whitey, I done checked Blackie. 
now I got to check me. <laughs> like, do I know enough? Am I black enough? I thought I was black enough. I thought I knew enough until X, Y, Z happened. Now I'm sitting here like, what? And we have to unlearn these things, right? There are things that I yeah. used to like. Because we're, we're not perfect. It, it could sound this way. Like, okay, we're not making mistakes. We're not saying all these things. We're not doing. Nah, we are. And it's part of the problem, too. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it kind of goes back to um what I was saying earlier about, you know, making stuff okay for people. We'll get into this. You'll see this brought up more um, in other things we have coming. But in regards to people making things okay, when I was younger, not to say having a hatred, but associating darker skin with anything kind of bad or unwanted was like, not. let me not say a universal idea, but even dark-skinned people mm-hmm. would say stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. dark-skinned people not wanting to be with other dark-skinned people. So, mm-hmm. like, colorism and that light versus black thing when I was younger, um, it just, like, I know people that wasn't on, that was on some, oh, I want no dark-skinned girlfriend. I want no dark-skinned boyfriend. And then now we're older and it's, oh, I love my chocolates. I love my this. I love, and I'm not saying that that's yeah. bad. I yeah. respect you, but. You see, when we were kids, it was so different. Yeah. You heard, I know growing up, I've heard a lot of ignorant things said about Haitian people, yep. about dark-skinned people, sometimes even black Americans. I'm talking about real ignorant. But it didn't seem ignorant because that was when we were... Nah. I knew that shit was ignorant. Like, you knew, but in some ways you didn't. Because everyone was saying it, right? Like, I remember saying nah. my grandma used to have was, oh, nothing too black was ever good. Why did she say stuff like, or why was that something that she could even say was a saying? Because one, I mean, she had the privilege, quote unquote, mm. of being a light-skinned woman, growing up in the Caribbean and coming to America, so she could pass, in ways, passing for white, right? That was what something was said even back home in Jamaica, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Where, if you know the Jamaican is one of, of, of many, but yet we still say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That whole idea of the term coolie. It's not only just, well, I know it is a, a racial derogatory term for actual Indian people, but within the Caribbean culture, being a coolie was seen, oh, like that was a luxury, a luxurious thing. Oh, she's, mm-hmm. you know, she has tanner skin. She has curlier mm-hmm. hair. She looks closer to Asian or Indian, less black. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but what, like, even growing up with me, I'm like, damn, I guess that's cool, right? And it's not until I got to high school where I really had to look at it like, that's not cool. Yeah. Because now you're just basically saying, I, I'm supposed to be the better version, yep. you know? That ain't cool. That's true. That ain't cool. But that's what we have to deal with every day. That's another thing we have to deal with. So once you leave yeah. white America, you come into black America, that's another issue. You got you to check other people. You got to check yourself. Because, like, all skin folk ain't, <laughs> ain't kin folk. It's that white glaze. I learned that term last year from Torrey. He mm-hmm. was posting that up. He was like, um... That's what it is. When we're doing things sometimes, mm-hmm. you think to yourself, what would a white person think of it? Like, you know, you like I say, your parent, you'll go someplace and like some sort of white people look at you and... Yeah. White people don't think of that. Yeah. They don't never... That's what I was saying, like, and, you know, probably going to sum this up at later on. But mm-hmm. um, to me, taking a, a black break is... Or, or one way it could be is being a white person. And I know that sounds crazy, but they don't think about being in that elevator. They're not looking at it from your perspective. They're not mm-hmm. considering your feelings. They're not considering your emotions. They're just living their lives, doing them, being 
white enjoying their privilege some of them though they just realized that they had privilege last year like mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's because blackness doesn't exist not whether they are or aren't racist or prejudiced or whatever but some people it just doesn't exist like that for them like if your all your neighbors is white everybody at your job is white everything you watch is mm-hmm. white listen to all the music all the musical whatever people you like tv whatever if the majority of them is white then not to say that you don't watch news and see and hear yeah. about issues with black people but who it doesn't really, really have affect... to check about it yeah. there's no one telling you you know oh well when your um co-worker said that that was racial that was racist that was ignorant because it's 25 of y'all crackers there like not one of y'all gonna realize that you know it will take one of y'all to be maybe either married to a black person or to have a strong relationship with, with with the black community in some other ways for you to be what well, like, to be like or if you were like an activist like mm-hmm. legit legit and you they, pass that you pass that down to you know your yeah, family your kids and all that that's stuff the like only way other than that if you if you were grown to not really pay attention to this stuff then you're not gonna see nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it you know what i mean the white glazes are only just doing things or not doing stuff because how white people look at you but like I said earlier, sometimes people associate power and authority and respect whiteness. If Still this white do. man approves me doing this, then I got to be on the right track, mm. right? And like that's something that, that we have to deal with too. Yeah. It's like, nah, you shouldn't be relying on what his approval. Not even, I mean, shit, you shouldn't be relying on my approval, but just because it's white don't make it right. <laughs> I mean, not to be <laughs> cheesy. Or cliche, but that's, you know, just because it's a white girl, right. make it right. You right. You know what I mean? So, like, well, then take that, Grandma, with your whole... Let me stop. Yo. <laughs> Nothing too good. Stuff. But, no, it's just, like, so much that goes into that. And then that brings me into our next point, which is Black History Month. Which uh. I'm probably going to eat our ass off of this. Not in a good way, but that would like, but... Not you go to a south. You probably go to a south, baby. Maybe go to a south a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. But Black not History not Month, 28 days to remind people, non-blacks, black people, and yourself of all of our great accomplishments. And we have a formula, right? That's mm-hmm. been working mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. The formula is basically a staple parts of black history that white America is comfortable with, such as anything about Martin Luther King. They'll even take the assassination date. Mm-hmm. And be like, all right, well, we're going to mourn for him because we're sorry that we let that happen, right? Mm-hmm. Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen on that bus. I don't know how many different cartoons I've done suddenly about this woman on this bus, but they all exist, right? Yes. George Washington Carver. Yes. Peanut Man, right? J- uh, JFK and Lyndon B. Johnson's involvement with the Civil Rights Movement. Mm-hmm. Lincoln and reframing the aftermath of the Civil War. Uh-huh. Like, these are the only things that I recall being, like, the biggest part of Black History Month in school. Uh-huh. Like, Martin Luther King had, I had a dream speech. Rosa Parks sat on the, refused to sit in the back of the bus. You know, uh, thank God for um, Lincoln because he freed the he slaves. freed the slaves. You know, that's just, because this information is safe. Uh-huh. It's comfortable. It's almost similar to how they describe Christopher Columbus coming to America. He came here. Right. He stumbled on it. You know right. what I mean? And that's what's safe for white America and the students in their in, in white in white schools, right? Right. That part. But it's like that's not all it is. That's not all. And then you, know? you come to terms as an adult, like, oh wow, there's so much 
there's so much to black history that I did not know. And then what happens is, and I've, I felt this way where it's like, you feel guilty and sometimes ashamed because you're like, damn, but I'm black. I'm supposed to know this stuff. Like, why don't I know this stuff? How has that affected the way that I perceived whiteness in my own life? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Again, it kind of goes back to the, it kind of goes back to checking yourself because we all have some, some level of privilege mm-hmm. and we've all associated that in some way with being closer to being white. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You learn all these things that are outside of the bubble of what's comfortable for schools in America to teach children. You learn about every, you, you learn, you start learning about what, what that real history is and you start questioning yourself and you feel all these feelings and emotions about your own people, about yourself, about just future going forward. Like saying, well, I need to catch up. That's how I felt last year. Not only last year, but like, it, I feel like last year, more so because of just everything that compiled. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I really, I really fucked up, yo. Like, and it's, and it's again, taking ownership on myself because who else is going to teach me this, right? Mm-hmm. Like I need to take ownership of my own learning. I need to go out there and read all the books that everybody's recommending. Listen to all the podcasts that everybody's recommending. Again, it's the energy, yo, that you that you um, need to put into trying to 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 educate yourself. That's just taxing. It's is is in the emotions that you feel. It's really really taxing. That's how I feel about that. <laughs> no, same. It does go back to the whole checking yourself thing because you're willing to accept these. These were truths you were willing to accept that's what Mm -hmm. it feels like you willing to like spend the rest of your years looking at history in america especially black history in america as only what you were taught in school Mm -hmm. because i mean i know for me like my parents my uncles my aunts they would say certain things like "Mm -hmm, they ain't do that Mm -hmm. that's not how it happened but i never really had anyone sit down with me and try to teach me the real history most they would say that's that's what y'all learning in school that's it like didn't learn that yet Almost every year I did a Martin Luther King project. Almost every year. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have a dream cutouts. We pasted on people's friggin' the outside of their classroom wall. Mm-hmm. Like, that was that was really it. Even my <laughs> my grandma used to help me with my project. She was like, she didn't even know who Martin Luther King was, God honest, until she had to do that project. She was like, certain things like that was not the focus of history right, back right. in the West. But then they have their own versions, that, right? Their own version. Everyone whatever has their the, own. Their Europe, European parent country was like, this is what mm-hmm. we want y'all to learn. So you may not have learned about this, but you have your own pieces of shit they probably was misfeeding you too, yeah. you know? The only thing that seemed to get right was like math yeah. <laughs> and English. So now you, you're feeling bad. So you're trying to implement all these new things. You want to get away from the slavery and the Jim Crow narratives of black right. history in America, right? So you want to give... Whether it is more positive mm-hmm. events of Black history, or it could be the real, more real version. It may be grittier. It may you may not want to see this or hear this, but this actually happened. And now you just caught up in, and that's tiring too, right? Because now you gotta stay here and be like, all right, but forget all that noise. Let me go find this. Let me put people putting people on. Yeah, can be tiring. Yeah, I love to put people on. I find joy in it because mm-hmm. you know you want to share. 
you want to share something new with people. You want to, you want them to, to, to engage with stuff that you're posting and, you know, take away something positive or take away something new. And that's, that's important to me. The range of emotions that are being felt in learning about new history or feeling good in like, you know, celebrating black love during black history month or, and obviously beyond, Mm -hmm. um, every day. That's another thing. It's not just black history month. Like this is our lives. Like Mm -hmm. we don't just post stuff for black history month. We don't just talk about these things for black, black history month. It's like all year round, every single day. But it's a certain kind of concentration. It is. Right. That's true. Which could be kind of like, like I haven't been posting things on my social media mm-hmm. all of this month, and I uh, and I also brought up an idea for us to post certain things on our podcast social media for Black History Month. But then I really just thought about it, and I'm just like, I'm not. I am personally, I'm. I don't mind reading what anyone else is posting. Mm-hmm. I read it. I save it. I go back to it later when I have a long time. Um, but when these 28, see these, I feel like these 28 days are not even for us. Mm. I, in a way, I feel like it's more for others. That's mm-hmm. why I feel like it's us doing this for everyone else to know. Right. Like some things you know, your community knows, we're aware. And then these, we have to be highly concentrated during these 28 days. Yeah. Always on point, always on key. And that to me was just like, nah, because... <laughs> Just, just cause, cause like the twenty eight days is like a, a peace period. It feels right. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, let's let's just like talk about all our great stuff. But then when February is over and come March first, when we see another black body slain, or when we see another cop not getting the do do justice that that we are asking for, when we see another TV series come out and there is not one relatable black character or person of color justice in there or whatever it's like we're just back to the bullshit it's like mm-hmm. you go on vacation and you take that week 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 vacation from work right right and everything seems good for those five seven days and then you get back to work that monday and you're looking at your desk bullshit. like jesus what did I, what did you think was gonna happen right you thought gonna come back from vacation everyone two's gonna be right 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 no 20 days is over right. now i gotta go back to real world and there's even in those 28 days real world is still happening fuck shit is still happening underneath the banner of Black History Month. Niggas is still getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People are still saying outlandish shit within the 28 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's like, is it even for us anymore? You know? That's the feeling that I felt. So I personally just stood away from posting anything specifically just because mm-hmm. it's Black History Month. If I'm going to post it, because I would have posted it was January 13th. Yeah. If I'm going to say it, I would have said it if it was friggin' March 28th. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not just because of Black History Month. I'm going to feel this way. I'm going to feel this way when I, when y'all sleeping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Comfortable with your whiteness. Us blackness people, we still got to deal with it. So, yeah. It do feel like a bit like, mm, a chicken and jive is not so harsh now that I say that loud. No, nah, but. But it does. That's what it, that's what it is. And it's like on top of that, it's not even only injustices from others to us, but it's like when, like homegirl, I think I mentioned this earlier, homegirl who got you know, beat up outside the liquor store. It's like, so here we are, black power, love love and protect and respect the black woman. Love and protect and respect the black man. And then that shit happens. And then it, that goes back to that white glaze where it's like, shit, y'all seen that too? Fuck. Damn it. Ah. You know, now here comes somebody like, 
Well, all of this uh, police brutality, look at what you, your own men are doing to you. And that's not my white girl voice. That's my any person who says shit like that voice. Because I've heard it before. Yeah. Not with just her situation, but I've heard it before last year with the protests and when people like, protesting is useless. Y'all protest this shit all day, like I said earlier. And then it's like, you let black on black crime, which does not exist. But you let that shit happen, do nothing, you don't cry. But I'm like, yeah, we do. People just marched out for that, you know? But then it'd be people like me who'd be like, how many of them niggas in that, in that march is at home being on a, they, they, the black woman mm. to the you know what I mean? And then you go back to why you feel tired. And yeah. then you retreat for however long. What does a black nap slash break look like to you, Ronka? So to me, it looks like being able to live my life without, live my life and feel free. Feel some type of freedom. And I think when I say freedom, I feel like we're constantly being trapped in our own thoughts and in these situations that we have to be in, um, that we have to put ourselves in sometimes. Sometimes we don't have to put ourselves in these situations, but we are still thinking about it. We're still living with those emotions. It's just freedom. It's just being able to live life. It's just being able to go about without and I know you were you were saying like you know you just need to be like at home because you can't really (laughs) escape right people and like all this stuff you need to quarantine quarantine (laughs) with no access to internet no access to tv nothing like that Mm -hmm. but no I don't want to stay at home I want to be out in 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 the world and living what I'm I'm realizing is that this shit is just not realistic (laughs) like you made a because, whole episode. <laughs> because we literally just listed out all of the ways in which our blackness show up, in which we're reminded of our blackness, in which we have to defend it. We have to defend it. We have to learn more about it. Like there's so many ways in which it shows up. And so to take a break or take a nap is just unrealistic. We would need to go back to the beginning <laughs> and like redo start over press, press restart the of all those niggas, you like, know what i'm mean? right you sleeping with this idea bah, bah, bah. i Who mean was the first person to say to go to africa and go take the slaves y'all go find that nigga kill him in his sleep that <laughs> hope ass. he didn't tell a friend find a friend kill him in his sleep <laughs> you know what a black break a red wedding for everybody on that <laughs> looks like like you gotta go back to africa <laughs> You know what I mean? From the beginning, you got to go back 400 Before years ago. Came. 400 plus years ago. A thousand years. That's the only way you'll be able to really take a break or a nap. Before the white people don't came and fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. At least you didn't have nothing to worry about but with your own the issues that you created. Because I mean, realistically, there were slaves in the continent of Africa. Yeah. Rich people. Poor yeah, people, yeah. that's yeah. real shit. It don't matter what skin color you are, there's rich and poor all over the face of this earth. And the rich will devour the poor if they can. Mm-hmm. That is that is a plain richness mentality, right? And they, I mean, did some have some some hand in... Handing over. Handing over. Yeah. That's something we don't talk about either, which, I mean... Ah. Well, you know, <sighs> from, from our experience, we have not heard much discussions on that topic. Yeah. You know? The, the amount of truth to it, who's like who really got blood on their hands? Because everybody, right. I, my new saying, I don't know if it's my new saying for 2021, it could be my recap of 2020 is 
everybody has blood on their hands. Like, if I was to recap 2020 and I just recap life in general, everyone is guilty. I cannot find the only innocent person is any baby born. Yeah. They have yet to be tainted or to taint people. Right. So any baby born, I'm just like, that's the innocent one. But for everybody else, nah, everybody got blood on their hands, right? right. Like, every single person has blood on their hands. But for me, now that you say it like that, shorty, I guess. I mean, I had thought a black nap would be like a day. But is that even full rest? Like, <laughs> one day to not go online and... I think we take, you know what? You can't take a, a week-long vacation of it. Mm-hmm. It has to be in, in little intervals. Like, when nighttime comes, like, my version of my black nap or black break is I choose not to watch video yes. of any kind of violent action yeah. towards a black person. I try my best. That's now I do that. I feel like before I was like, I need to watch it in order to remind myself no, no, not to remind myself because obviously mm-hmm. I, kn- I know what the hell, what the deal is. Like this, like p- police brutality, that shit is what it is. Like, you know what I mean? Not to remind, I know what's going on, but initially I was like, I just, I just need to know, I hate to say this, but to kind of keep that rage going in a sense, mm-hmm. not to be upset all the time or like be mad all the time, but just to like fuel, mm, you know what I mean? Like, Y'all see this shit? Like, you know what I mean? Just to feel that 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 passion in a sense. Again, not to say that it went out, but to like keep it fucking going. But then I realized I don't need that. Like, it's I already know what's going on. Like I'm not like I don't I don't need to see it. But no, it's just like that's some small way you can take a break. Mm-hmm. You can choose not to engage with People, whether it's online or in real life, you can make the act choice of saying, like, you know, today I gonna I gonna give it to you today. Mm-hmm. I need to protect my peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I need to go about my business. But remember, when you see me next time, when I awake from yo, the snap, the heat I'm about to come with, son, you asked her it two weeks ago when I seen you. Yeah, <laughs> when I seen you, saw you, I contact you. Like okay? I ain't forget. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's just you need little intervals of it. Choosing when to engage, choose and, and even even un, even unlearning certain things like <clears throat> unlearning the idea that you do something and white people are watching you. Like you have to unlearn that. I don't give a fuck no more. Like there's times I'm at my job. I think I might said the, the I might step up and said nigga. Or, and I'll be like, damn, did I say, I'm like, why am I sitting here panicking about I said nigga in front of my white boss? What's she going to do? I say that shit all the time. I never, I never say nigga around black people and be like, oh God, I'm worried about that a, a, a older person who does not take to that word so kindly is going to get offended. I don't think about that too often, but here I'm panicking because my crack ass boss might hear me say nigga. Like that's to me so whack. It's whack to me for anything like that. Oh, I, I being scared to order certain kind of foods around white people because you don't want to think, oh, of course she eats that. You know how black people are. Or like, I don't care no yeah. more. Like, yeah. I'm trying my best not to care. That's my version of a black break. Just, you can't, certain things ain't worth the energy. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta choose your battles. You know what I mean? You have to choose your mm-hmm. battles when it comes to this. So, 
I'd say, yeah, a, a black break or a nap is really just you choosing how to engage and you unlearning the whole white glaze and being concerned with what other people that are not black see of you or even being worried about what black people think of you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, well, like you said, you, the whole not feeling black enough or checking other black people for saying ignorant shit about our own. I'm going to check you when I see you, son. Don't worry. Just not today ain't it for me. Um, What would you say is a good time to like, I mean, then is this even a relevant question if we're just like, there's no such thing as a black break in that. There isn't. <laughs> but I guess not even wake up from the nap, but when is it best to, to give your energy? Yeah, to re-engage. Like, after you take those little breaks, you know, when is it best? I think it should be for something that moves you. Not because it's I was moving just gonna them, say, yeah. but because it's moving you. So we think about our black family members and our black friends all the time right Mm -hmm. no matter what's going on like that those are conversations that are being had all the time i choose to re-engage because i just keep thinking about how certain events or how certain um how certain things could affect them how they could affect me how could they how they could affect my future black children then i kind of just there's like a there's like a surge of well i need to get back on the ship because (laughs) it's like taking that responsibility again and just being like well okay i don't want them to i don't want my friends to die Mm -hmm. i don't want my families to die i my family to die i don't want my future kids to be affected in a way that I already know they will be affected. Our systems have failed our ancestors. They failed mm-hmm. us. They will fail our children. And so when I'm when I really sit in and kind of marinate in that thought, it really just makes me feel like, you know what? All right. Well, I don't know how much what I'm posting about, what I'm the conversations I'm having or the petitions I'm signing. I don't know how much of that will contribute to change for us as a people, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway, because at least I'm going to feel some peace within myself. Like, okay, at least I did something Mm -hmm. again. I don't know how much of it'll, it'll move the needle, but I just feel good in at least doing something because to sit back and do nothing at all. It's like, wow, I'm really just being a bystander to like all the shit that's happening. And that does not feel good. That does not make me, you know what I mean? That does not move me. That does not keep me going. Like I need to be engaged in a conversation. I need to like be in it somehow, some way. And I'm still trying to figure out what that actually means and what that looks like, because I do feel that, um, again, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of things that I personally don't know that I'm still learning right now about our history. And sometimes I just don't feel intelligent enough to really engage either. And it's like, again, you don't want to say the wrong thing and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, all right, I'm just do the best that I can and feel good in that and keep it pushing. Same. Yeah. I agree with the Harvard. The only thing I would add or just, yeah, the only thing I would really add is just waking up or take like going back and re-engaging for me it'll it's just when i when i'm too comfortable in being ignorant like when you sense you just i think that's what kind of sparked the change in how we're thinking about our blackness and black histories because 
you will hear and you see things and you'll be like, damn, I don't know that information. Mm. Or like that shit really happened. And it's just like you didn't like the we we do have our own black privileges, right? We're not directly affected by certain things. Then same thing like I said about white people earlier. If, if they're all just doing these specific things that only their people would understand and then someone is saying something ignorant about other people, they would never see that because mm-hmm. everyone on there has the same mind. So it's like, if around me, I don't have to deal with certain issues, then like shootings or, or you know, right. living in, in areas of going to schools, um, right. underprivileged schools, if I don't have to deal with that, then I might be like, well, that's not my experience. But, it, you know, but it can come around, like... But it could it, it could affect anybody because, that yeah, you know. Yeah, it could be your, your the best the, the girl you just met that you mad cool with. That's what she has to go mm-hmm. through. That's what her kids got to go through. You know, so just because it doesn't happen to you, we all be having these bubbles that we're in, and that we never see things outside of our bubbles. And I think that's what keeps ignorance in yeah. us is that we're just creating these bubbles. We live in them. Nothing outside of them really matters until the outside pops the bubble, mm. and you know. And it affects you. Yeah. Yep. So you don't, you can wait till that point or you can just like, yo, I waited a little bit way too ignorant for this shit. Yeah. Let me wake up now. Let's, let's get yeah. to work. So yeah. I'm just thinking about like different topics in a sense. For example, the maternal mortality of like mm-hmm. black women. I'm, I don't plan on getting pregnant anytime soon, but I feel a lot of compassion and I feel a lot of, a lot of compassion and, and just like a lot of like empathy and a lot of anger about the whole situation within our country. And when you look at other countries and you kind of you you start to really learn about how women are really like treated and how black women are treated and how they're you know taken care of and and just the disparity you know, within our country, within the world, you just, you, you start to think like, okay, well, again, like this is not my experience, Mm -hmm. but it could, it could affect a woman that I know, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, what can I do? And again, this is all a work in progress Mm because I can't say that I've been a huge activist for this, but it is something that I've identified as like, okay, this needs to change what are the steps, like, you know, being on that path to, like, figure out, like, okay, how can I be a part of this change? How can I spread more awareness about it? Because, like, people don't be knowing shit. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't be knowing shit. Problem, how can yeah. I be part of the solution? Exactly. So. I agree. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, scammers and scamettes, Yo. Uh, that sums up our episode. I hope you enjoyed. Do you need a black break? Uh, clearly, it ain't real, right, Tara? It's okay. not. So, uh, I mean, we literally you know, just had this whole do your conversation. Best, yo. All right. To my black folk out there, my half black out folk out there, just ain't by close to blackness. Just, just be safe. Do the work. You know what I mean? Take a beat, take a break, woosah yourself, and then come back. You know what I mean? But like you said, you mentioned that's what I knew you were gonna say that. I, I had a feeling you were gonna say that about taking a black break or a nap not being realistic. Cause mm-hmm. earlier you made a statement like you can't never stop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well damn girl, that just <laughs> negates the whole purpose of this. But no, right. but it's can't I, stop, won't stop. I'm I'm glad that we discussed it. What I took away from this episode and in, in having this conversation is just really analyzing, yo, 
the um, again the amount of ways in which blackness shows up beyond just us being black shows up in our lives mm-hmm. in different ways and we forget that because i hate when people say like oh stop complaining or yeah stop complaining yeah, that's like, yep, that's, and that's it's like it. or like you know that's You're not a, over it not over slavery is not slavery happened such a long time ago and i'm not gonna lie and i I hate to admit this but i remember you know when i was a kid being like wow slavery did end a long time ago because as a kid it did you five for you and this is what you're learning right (laughs) Mm -hmm. slavery technically technically quote-unquote ended but it's like the ramifications of that the the effects on black people like it's manifesting in every single area of our lives Mm -hmm. and that is what that re- that realization as a black person mm-hmm. like really coming into that realization that shit is hard cuz you're like fuck like sh- like how is that going to affect me how is it going to affect people i know what mm-hmm. do i do to and you it's like a panic almost like oh this is what this is this is what they've been talking about mm-hmm. this whole time Copy, got it. That shit is hard, yo. I'm not. It's it ain't easy. Nah, nah. So I don't want to. I'm tired of people. I'm tired of people saying stop complaining about it. Like I get it. Like y'all should get it. If you don't get it by now, it's like all right. I mean, everybody has their own their time. Their like the timing for like realization. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to say we're woke because that's not you know that's not it. But they have their time where they really you know realize like oh. Oh, I see. Ah, got it. Everyone has that period of enlightenment. Enlightenment. Yes. Where you're like, okay, here we are. This is what's going on. But we got to speed this up. (laughs) Yeah. And I know, I know, you know, where people have felt this before, where it's like, we need to speed this up. Mm -hmm. Like, throughout the last 400 years, I'm sure. Everybody's like, so y'all just realized this shit is going down. um, We speeding it up as fast as we can. Jeez. But it's so much. It's so much to unlearn, relearn, yes. and then go out there and re-educate people. Yes. It's so much to do. And I know we're not the only two. We're not the only community. We're not the only race of people who have to do internal and external work. But it's just like you can't stop, won't stop. You can Because you, you can't stop being black. Right? Yeah. You can't. That's the one thing. You can never end that. I'm black to the day I die. I was born black. I live black. I die black. Right, I dive in my blackness, but you think it only ends in certain ways, as Tahara said. But it's in everything you do, from where you work, where you go to the grocery store, who's next to you on the train, mm-hmm. the kind of clothes you wear, the makeup you wear, the hair you get, everything. People everything. you have children with, you yeah, marry, exactly. like it's so. Yeah, try to take our little advice about the little intervals of a little black break, little black nap. But realistically, you can't stop. They ain't gonna stop. We can't stop, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's a good yeah. reminder. <laughs> um. So that's a we out. That's. I mean, we said what we had to say. Y'all. We did. We did. Thank you all for listening. Um. We appreciate it. And I know this episode's a little long, but hopefully you learned something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And hopefully you can. Um. You want to join in on the conversation. Um. And let us know. Like, do you think? like what do you think about a black break like a black nap like is that something what do you think about it mm-hmm. um, let us know let us know 
So hit us up on our socials, you know. We on Instagram at One Boo, One Boo Podcast. Podcast mm-hmm. You know, we are on pretty much the majority of the streaming platforms. All of them. Um, we're on YouTube. Yes. One so follow time. us. Not me. Um, like, subscribe, comment, leave a review. Yes, Yo, please. We, we ain't say that in a minute, but please, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, leave some reviews and DM us. You know, email us. What do you want to hear us talk yeah. about? No, let us know. Um, you can follow me, Diamond underscore Danger Seven One Eight on Instagram. That's my favorite and main social uh, interaction. <laughs> you can't follow me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Like, I don't care if my thing is public or not. Leave me alone. Nah, I mean, if you, I guess if you want to follow me, you can. Uh, what's my Instagram? At T underscore booby. You already know the vibes. <laughs> you know the vibes. Nah. Um, but yeah, hit us up. All that stuff. We hope you are being safe. But thank you. Oh my now, God. Yeah. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Six feet distance. Yeah. You know, do that. Do, do, do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, y'all. We out. Bye. Bye.